This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Tuesday. Daphne, how is it going? Oh, how is it going? <laughs> Clearly, not you know, great not for me. Great, not great for you, but you know, I'm feeling feeling down to the wire, I guess. But I wanted to um, po- post an update about our our campaign for the Ukrainian NICU since our episode from yesterday. Our partner on the incubator, our other podcast, Casey, has generously um, decided to match $5,000 worth of contribution. So effectively, their their donation puts us over our goal. Mm-hmm. And we're very excited that money is going to go straight to um, the folks at the Coalition for Premies. I think separately, Kiesi is also donating like $1 million to a, a number of organizations uh, who are aiming to help uh, the Ukrainian people. So really kudos to them. That's, that's I think... Uh, a company that's trying to lead by example. I could not be yeah. more proud of being associated with them. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's that's really exciting. For sure, they're always looking for ways to you know do some good. So yeah, and it's always nice when companies say, "Oh, we want to do good. We want to do this. We want to be a, a positive, uh, effectuate positive change." And yet here here they are actually doing it. Uh, bravo! Thank you very mm-hmm. much. I'm I'm super excited. Okay, that does not, however, help us in any way. Learn about renal. <laughs> Learn about renal. So let's get going. Um, Daphna, I'm asking you the first question. Yeah. Oh, this is how it begins. Huh? Okay, question 28. Infants with renal tub- tubular acidosis often have failure to thrive. This is caused by which of the following? Choice A, cardiac dysfunction as a result of chronic hypocalcemia. Choice B, chronic dehydration as a result of polyuria and inability to concentrate urine. Choice C, chronic hypocalcemia leading to bone demineralization and impaired lung bone growth. Choice D, decreased secretion of growth hormone as a result of low serum pH. Choice E, direct effect of hypochloremia. Okay, I thought this was a hard question because I feel like I say that all the time. I was no, listening was. to some of the previous episodes and I was like, oh God, I think they're all hard questions. But this, this I think, would have been difficult to figure out if you just hadn't learned this fact um, because it's not something that we really know about about growth hormone. But, uh, I mean, the answer is, is D, um, the chronic... Um, acidosis leads to decreased secretion of growth hormone. I think if I didn't know that fact, I probably would have picked, uh, I don't know, B, (laughs) chronic dehydration leading to failure to thrive. Um, But I just happened to read about growth hormone. So it's D. That's right. So the poor growth in patients with RTA is related to the direct effects of serum acid leading to a decreased release of growth hormone. Um, and that's a relationship you have to know that that acidosis really leads to a decrease in the release of growth hormone. In addition, uh, the affected individuals have less interest in feeding, presumably because of the metabolic acidosis itself. While RTA is associated with polyuria, hypocalcemia, and hypokalemia, none of these are associated with failure to thrive. Um, 
there's another choice in there. I think that was choice E that says that uh, it's the direct effect mm-hmm. of hypochloremia. Well, truthfully, RTA is associated with hyperchloremia rather than hypo as a result of the preferential excretion of sodium bicarb and reabsorption of sodium chloride in the setting of the acidic uh, urine. So yeah, choice D was the right answer. Right, yeah, you really just had to sit down and, and look at the electrolyte. You know, really think about them, I think. <laughs> Write them out maybe when you sit down for the test. Okay, question 29. The reduced ability of the preterm infant to concentrate urine is related to all of the following except A, low serum urea concentration, B, a more permeable glomerular basement membrane, C, reduced sodium absorption in the thick ascending loop leading to a low medullary osmolality, D, short loop of Henle, E, tubulin sensitivity uh, to vasopressin. Okay. So we're looking for the answer that is incorrect. Uh, <clears throat> so choice E, tubulin sensitivity to vasopressin, I know that to be true. Choice D, short loop of Henley, that's true too. I mean, the loop of Henley is basically like a thin tube where the longer the, the mm-hmm. urine has to run through, the more you're able to reabsorb. Um, choice A was something I knew to be true, low serum urea concentration. Now, choice B and C were the ones that really gave me a uh, pause. Choice B said more permeable glomerular basement membrane. And choice C was the reduced sodium reabsorption in the thick ascending loop leading to low medullary osmolality. Um, right. So I wasn't sure exactly about the more permeable glomerular basement membrane. But I've I've, I've remembered now that the preme the GFR and the glomerular basement membrane, they're not dysfunctional. Like that's not something that's really wrong with them because of the prematurity. So I wasn't hundred percent sure that there was reduced sodium absorption, even though I, I knew that kind of to be true, but I picked B more permeable glomerular basement membrane didn't seem right. Yeah. So, so remember, we're looking, like you said, looking for the false answer. So um, more permeable, more permeable glomerular basement membrane is, is, is not correct. So it is the right answer to this question. Um, So the concentrating ability of the kidney increases with increasing gestational age. Um, The maximum urine osmolality in the preterm infant is about 500 milliosmoles per liter, um, while term infants can attain up to about 800 milliosmoles per liter. And then older children and adults reach an osmolality of about 1,200 milliosmoles per liter. The premature infant's reduced ability to concentrate urine is related to the other four answers. The tubule does have insensitivity to vasopressin. They have the low serum urea concentration and this reduced sodium absorption in the thick um, ascending loop and a shorter loop of Henley. And so if you just take a look at the renal tubule diagram, Mm -hmm. you remember that, I mean, it's all about moving water basically and, and solutes. And so Pulling sodium out in the in the in the loop of Henley pulls water out, and then um, near in the distal part, putting urea in helps to pull water out further down the down the track. Um, so they can't do those things very well. So that's why they have um, less ability to concentrate urine. And then this answer, the permeability of the premature infant's um, basement membrane actually increases with advancing gestational age. So um, 
adults, for example, actually have a much more permeable glomerular basement membrane. The more permeable it is, the better it is at filtering things. It, it feels like it should be the opposite. But... Okay. Okay. All right, Daphne, you're up. Question 30. A male fetus is found to be small for gestational age with a large placenta. The maternal serum and the amniotic fluid of alpha fetal protein concentration are elevated. The infant is born preterm, admitted to the neonatal intensive care unit with severe proteinuria, hypoproteinemia, and hyperlipidemia. Which of the following is the most likely cause of the findings described above? Choice A, congenitally acquired human immunodeficiency virus, HIV. Choice B, congenital nephrotic syndrome, Finnish type. Choice C, diffuse mesangial sclerosis. Choice D, membranous nephropathy. So I think the best way to think about this question is, I mean, back to general peds. So you have proteinuria, hypoproteinemia, and hyperlipidemia. I mean, it's nephrotic syndrome. Um, and right. then you have all these other answer choices and you're like, I don't know, maybe it could be. Um, and then, but they gave us a lot of other hints, uh, the high alpha fetoprotein and the abnormally large placenta which are characteristics of this congenital nephrotic syndrome finish type. So B. Okay, so that is correct. Choice B, congenital nephrotic syndrome finish type. So congenital nephrotic syndrome is characterized by proteinuria, hypoproteinemia, hyperlipidemia, and edema. The vast majority of affected infants have clinical symptoms in the first month of life. The finish type is the most common type of congenital nephrotic syndrome. Um, this type has an autosomal recessive pattern of inheritance and is caused by a mutation in the NPHS1 uh, gene coding for the nephrin protein. Fetal findings include a, a small for gestational age, a large placenta, and an elevated both maternal and amniotic fluid alpha fetal protein concentration. The, pro the proteinuria can lead to impaired immune function with loss of immunoglobulin. As a result of urina urina urinary losses of anticoagulant proteins, infants are at increased risk of thrombosis. Um, individuals affected by congenital nephrotic syndromes require dialysis and renal transplant. Now, some of these other choices were uh, mm -hmm. mesangial sclerosis, diffuse mesangial sclerosis. So infants that are affected by mesangial sclerosis have similar clinical finding as a congenital nephrotic syndrome, though their fetal findings are usually absent. The clinical onset um, typically is much older, like around, around the year of age. Uh, they have a normal pregnancy, a normal birth. And around that one year of age, 12 months, they start developing a rapid onset of renal failure. And uh, the earliest sign that you could potentially pick up on them is, is uh, early onset hypertension. Uh, other infections with uh, torches uh, like toxo, rubella, syphilis, CMV, herpes, HIV, hepatitis B have all been associated with congenital nephrotic syndrome. And so that's, that's not completely impossible, but it's not mm -hmm. the most likely. And so the last choice was membranous nephropathy, which um, in and of itself, membranous nephropathy is, is a rare disease. It's usually a histologic disease uh, that's leading to asymptomatic proteinuria. And, and that's, in, that's due to the thickening of the glomerular capillary wall. And that usually is something that has a progressive course and, and is not found in newborn. But you were mentioning earlier, uh, Daphna, uh, congenital. There's a congenital form of uh, membranous nephropathy and and t do you want to tell us more about that? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I had to look this up. I had, was not familiar with it. So, But it looks like it's due to maternal anti-neutrophil endopeptidase, NEP, alloimmunization. So it almost acts like the other forms of alloimmunization that, that we, we see all the time in the NICU. And so it's characterized by severe renal failure and nephrotic syndrome at birth, but thankfully it seems to rapidly improve in the first few weeks of life. So interesting. Right. And so then technically, uh, okay. And so this, this, this is a transient it's thing. It's still that, not the right answer. <laughs> no, it's still not the right answer. Okay. All right. Oh, my turn. Yeah, your turn. Okay. Renal question 31. A male fetus is suspected of having low syndrome, an X-linked disorder impacting the enzymatic function of the cellular Golgi apparatus. Which of the following organ systems is not involved in low syndrome? Choices? Oh, I have a question. <laughs> the first choice is A, endocrine or metabolic, B, neurologic, C, ophthalmologic, ophthalmologic, why can't I say it today? Uh, ophthalmologic, D, renal, E, reproductive. So, yeah, I mean, this is not something that's uncommon that we're doing. Apparently, um, uh, Erica, our colleague, was mentioning that episode 43, there's one question where we completely skipped the answer choices. The answer choices? Yeah. And I was looking at the questions, so I think that's why probably this happened. And then I was looking back to see if I had cut the audio randomly, and it turns out, no, we were just... <laughs> Just in stride, didn't just give completely you guys ignored. The anyway, so this question 31 is asking about low syndrome. And mm -hmm. all right, so low syndrome is one of these syndromes where I have a mnemonic. And again, it's not a it's not a foolproof mnemonic, but it's a mnemonic that will get you in the in the in the within uh, the ballpark of what this syndrome should be about. So okay. in the US, we have do you know the store lows? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's like um it's a store where Home you buy. Home improvement store. Home yeah. improvement store. So I'm imagining like your typical man, you know, like the guy who's the handyman who goes to Lowe's and buys stuff and he likes sports. And so the way I remember that is that this guy who goes to Lowe's um, uh, likes sports and he loves it when his team scores, right? So when his team scores, then he's happy, right? So I'm imagining guy, uh -huh. home improvement, sports. Score is basically what I remember for the, uh, the systems that are involved because low syndrome, if you want to remember this, it's the oculocerebral renal syndrome, right? That's the other name for it. I can't remember that, but I can remember score. S stands for sex. So there's, they have some, some issues with, uh, with, their, uh, with uh, cryptoorchidism specifically. C is for cerebral. O is for ocular. And RE is for renal, Okay. Okay. All right. Now, I think that I, could help. It doesn't tell you what it doesn't tell you that their ocular issues are cataracts, glaucoma. It doesn't tell you all these different specific things. Details. But like I said, it brings you in the ballpark of like now at least you know. <laughs> it could have helped you answer this question. Yeah, it can definitely. I mean, and I have to be honest, a lot of my mnemonics came after it in my question so that I could remember <laughs> some of these things. But in this case, right, so neurologic would be like the cerebral part. Ofto is ocular. Renal is renal. Reproductive is the S for sex. For sex. And then A is the one that's not there, endocrine meta metabolic. So that's the incorrect choice. Endocrine metabolic is not part of low syndrome. Okay. All right. Well, yes. So low syndrome is also called oculocerebrorenal syndrome. Like you said, it is X-linked, affecting only males, which fits with your mnemonic here. 
Um, they have visual problems, including cataracts and keloids on the cornea. So that's an interesting fact. They have hypotonia, intellectual disability, behavioral problems, seizures, and they have proximal tubular dysfunction. So they um, have uh, loss of bicarbonate, amino acid, and phosphates. They have short stature, dental cysts, and abnormal dental formation, and like you said, cryptorchidism. Um, low syndrome can be prenatally diagnosed by elevated maternal and amniotic alpha fetoprotein concentrations um, with um, increased nucleotide pyrophosphatase in skin fibroblasts. So this is something that comes up a lot in, in the different test questions. So obviously, alpha fetoprotein, you should know things that increase it. Um, and this in this section so far, we have the nephrotic syndrome finish type, congenital nephrotic syndrome finish type, and this low syndrome. And then this skin fibroblast, totally random because skin is not, not one of the, mm -hmm. skin is not one of the systems we talked about, um, but that you can find this increased nucleotide pyrophosphatase uh, to help with the diagnosis. The other thing I'll say before people start, you know, adding me on on Twitter or hunting me down to talk about this question. Um, I did find that they can have vitamin uh, D deficient rickets. So if you found that and you wanted to answer endocrine or metabolic, then that I, I won't fault you for that. So mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just something to note, but um, uh, they like to ask about low syndrome. Yeah. And like I said, um, Score. Yeah. Yeah. Score. Score because <laughs> it's a man going to lose. And the X link looks like a wrench or something like X, like, you know, uh, like something you would hold. Anyway, that's okay. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Like a, like a Phillips head screw. Or, you know, they have like those, <laughs> those things to change the tires that sometimes look like an X. All right. Moving right <laughs> along. Moving right along. Um, do we have time for one more? I mean, we've done one four more. questions. One, one more. more. Okay. So then question 32. A neonatologist is caring for a female infant with dysmorphic facial features, including triangular faces, protruding ears, large eyes with strabismus, and a drooping mouth. A history of polyhydramnosis noted. The neonatologist is concerned that this infant has barter syndrome. The most likely lab finding in this infant with presumed barter syndrome is choice A, hyperkalemia, metabolic acidosis, high urine, sodium chloride. Choice B, hyperkalemia, metabolic acidosis, hypercalciuria. Choice C, hypokalemia, metabolic acidosis, high urine sodium chloride, choice D, hypokalemia, metabolic alkalosis, hypercalciuria, choice E, hypokalemia, normal serum pH, and hypercalciuria. Okay. I mean, initially it seems like an overwhelming question, um, but Barter syndrome is not one of the RTAs. And no. in fact, it presents with alkalosis. So... Fortunately for me, D is the only answer that has alkalosis in it at all. And so hypokalemia would also fit, and so would hypercalciuria. Mm -hmm. So that is correct. Um, I actually had a patient with Barter syndrome, mm. and it's quite quite something you don't forget. So, um, yeah, Barter syndrome is a clinical disease caused by a number of defects in sodium chloride and potassium transport in the loop of Henle. Specifically, it's that. NAK2CL mm -hmm. transporter that's in the lumen that's supposed to really take those inside uh, the cell. 
It manifests as either a severe antenatal or classic form presenting later in infancy or childhood. Um, they have an antenatal history of polyhydramnios. The physical examination involves triangular facies, protruding ears, large eyes with strabismus and the drooping mouth. The common electrolyte derangement is hypokalemia, metabolic alkalosis, and hypercalciuria. The way I remember this is that, and I've remembered this since like the USMLEs, but like a if you want to find out what the potassium and acidosis uh, associated findings are, is that a low K causes alkalosis and a low K is ALK, which stands for alkalosis. So, I mean, that's like uh, a, a low potassium usually leads to, um, to metabolic alkalosis. Um, the question that w- that's always asked about Barter syndrome, not in the test, but in general, is like, how do they get hypercalciuria? Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, it's an issue of compensation. So because those electrolytes are not being absorbed, the sodium, the chloride, the potassium, there's um, sodium and sodium and potassium are being attempted to be reabsorbed in other ways, but to compensate for the negative ions, the body will stop the reabsorption of these big cations, which are magnesium and calcium. So you're peeing a bit more of your calcium out. Um, and that's the simple explanation for why they have hypercalciuria. Um, affected infants may develop dehydration and hypotension related to severe salt wasting, and the management requires replacement of sodium and potassium and close attention to fluid balance. I mean, they have to take these tabs of, mm-hmm. of salt. It's quite, it's quite uh, atrocious for them. Um, but yeah. That's Bard syndrome. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> no worries. All right. That's it for today. That's it for today. Okay, Daphna, see you tomorrow. Okay. Wait. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to NICUpodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at NICU Podcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.